Just in and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. Go spread the word. When you get a fresh, hot McCrispie from McDonald's and you can feel the heat coming through the bag, don't try to wait till you get home. Always respect hot chicken. The McCrispie, only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Starting off today's episode with a real verbal Donnybrook. Told Emily, I'm like, you got to do less stuff about movies. She's like, I don't do movies. And you know what? And I was like, people complained. And I was joking. Nobody really complained to me. And she's like, people complain about you. And I was like, what? On my own show. She said, people complain that you cut me off. Fine. I shall endeavor to not cut you off. But you need to endeavor to not tell as many stories about movies. And I get that people want to hear it. But I really don't. Excuse you. What do you want me to say to that? All right, Eliza, that's fair. You're a fair and benevolent ruler of this tiny office that we share. It's not that tiny, but you know what? Write it, write, don't write us in. We're doing fine. Kicking off 2021 with a blaze of turds. Everything's Ew. going great. A blaze of, what's a blaze of turds? Just a shit rainbow. Just like everyone was like, oh, 2020's over. Here we come, 2021. 2021 was like, welcome to the fuck show. Doesn't matter. Got some news here today in California that uh, a lot of the tests, rapid tests we were using were not intended for that purpose, tainted and sold to the state by a non-medical professional. Great job, California. Number one in snake oil sales since the beginning of movies since Instagram first started. But we're quarantining still, fucking still. Got a lot of questions. We're here to answer your questions. If you enjoy this podcast, as I know many of you do, please like, what's the other one? Link, subscribe. Yeah, don't like, just subscribe. And leave a review, (laughs) review. letting people know. Because I went through a lot of other podcasts and everyone has about 1,500 reviews and stars. told this. All right, well, maybe they skipped one. (laughs) And uh, share it with a friend. Get your friends involved. Get some of your questions answered about your friends and then see your friends and be like, was that about me? And how much I talk about movies? No, someone else. <laughs> but we're here for you. Holidays are over. It's time to fuck. Oh, Alice Kerr. Emily's top of the cob. Yes, agree. When everybody comes to the island on the Greek fishing boats is the best moment in cinematic history. Question for Eliza. Have you read the book Women Who Run With Wolves? In typical New Year, new fashion, I've started reading it and the teaching is about tapping into your inner wild woman. And I thought it was very reminiscent of the concept of the she-dragon. What activities, behaviors, et cetera, do you think can help women tap into their inner she-dragon? I have not read the book. I was unfamiliar with it until this very moment. She dragon is all mine. Um, 
from the way it sounds like being a wild woman, you know, and howling at the moon and having a, and free bleeding. I mean, it's different than she dragons, kind of just a hungry drunk thing. Not yeah. dissimilar to party goblin. Um, what are things that women can do to tap into it? I don't know because it depends on your definition of wild. Mm. You know, is it not doing your hair? Is it not wearing makeup? Is it dancing freely? They would say dance like no one is watching. Someone's always watching. <laughs> the state is watching. Um, I think it probably it has more to do with doing things that fulfill you. Uh, and so, you know, that's what a wild woman would do. This is not about like ripping off someone's head and swallowing a lizard hole. I just think women feel so stifled and we're so afraid of what people think. And even the most carefree woman, you know, still cares what someone thinks. It's just the question of, are you limiting your own happiness because of what someone else might think? Tell you what, go to the grocery store with no makeup on. Literally no one cares. No one's going to stop you and ask you to leave. No one cares. Because the rule is, and I talk about this in Girl Logic, my book you can pick up on Audible as well as Amazon. Uh, however awful you think you are, there's always someone worse. Literally across the desk from you. <laughs> <laughs> there's always someone worse. You're fine. Don't be a narcissist. Don't wear the makeup. Wear the weird outfit. And if anything, you're so happy, it'll attract positivity. I hear everybody... That was me just sipping knowledge. I hear everybody talking now about like, oh, I don't want to go back to the world where I have to wear jeans. Jeans are awful. I feel like jeans are the most comfortable of pants. They are. I mean, women's jeans typically are very tight, very uncomfortable, very unforgiving. You know, hopefully your jeans have some stretch in them. Maybe it's about rethinking comfort. You can still wear jeans that are stretchy and comfortable. Yeah, I love a good pair of jeans. And you know what? It is nice to be uncomfortable once in a while because you're putting your best foot forward. You're going out to a red carpet. But yeah, it's going to be really hard to sell me. I never did uncomfortable outfits in the first place. But again, I don't have a real job. But- I will say this, the world does get upset when women are uncomfortable. I've seen it a lot on Instagram, like on social media, like men being like, oh, another girl in Uggs. Yeah, they would be mad that your feet are cozy and cushioned and warm. (laughs) I'm not gonna wear heels everywhere. People get mad when girls are like basic and it's like, yeah, but you're being fucking comfortable. Sweats are comfortable. We're not used to the idea that a woman should be comfortable because pain is beauty. But uh, make an art out of it. You checking your Apple Watch? <laughs> Did your Apple Watch just tell you that you died? <laughs> I'm ready for it to say that I died. Oh, man. There's all these labels. You know, be a wild woman, be a successful woman, be a whatever. You just be you. And chances are you're already doing it. And you're probably doing a lot better than you think. And uh, just try giving in to urges more. I talk about this in Girl Logic also, just... You know, I do want to have sex, so I'm going to call this guy. I don't want, I want to go eat. I don't want to have sex, so that's what I'm going to do instead. Like, actually, I think it's all about actually putting yourself and your needs first because that's what a wild animal does. When it wants to fuck, it does. When it's hungry, it finds food. When it wants to take a nap, it does. That's the inner wolf or domesticated Chinese dog, whatever you got. I don't know if she puts herself first. Tianfu? Yeah. 100% standing on me with a toy in her mouth. But she wants to be near you. I mean, I guess that's that's what she wants. That's what she wants. Always ask yourself, what do I really want? And the answer is probably popcorn and a soda. Very hurtful that she wouldn't sit with me when you weren't here. Well, she she can feel your attitude. (laughs) This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. 
it happened to me. I didn't think it would, but it happened to me. I had a nasty bout of postpartum depression. Now, there's nothing to be ashamed about in talking about what you're dealing with, and there's nothing to be ashamed about in talking about it with someone. I definitely saw a therapist these last couple weeks because, you know, I spend my time giving advice to others, but I could use a little advice myself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. I'll tell you what, when you're already stressed or anxious, the last thing you want to do is battle traffic and sit in a waiting room and get your parking validated. I'm sorry, is that just an LA thing? You don't need to add all that. You can just sit in the comfort of your own home or a chair you like outside and you can talk to someone from BetterHelp. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time. No additional charge and it doesn't hurt their feelings. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Eliza today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Eliza. I'm busy and this time of year gets even busier. I've had my baby. I'm back to work. I'm at meetings. I'm on tour. I'm running around and I don't always have time to sit down for a meal with my family. Sometimes I get home from set so late and I just need to eat something nutritious and go to bed. And that's why I like Factors fresh, never frozen meals because they're dietitian approved and they're ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy I am, and I'm busy, I always have time to get a nutritious, great tasting meal. Factor has over 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. So I never get bored. I'm trying to do less meat in general and they have wonderful vegan and veggie options. I just made a vegan mushroom marsala and I made an onion risotto. Just because you're eating vegetarian doesn't mean you can't eat deliciously. It had roasted garlic green beans. It was scrumptious. Head to factormeals.com slash Eliza50 and use code Eliza50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Eliza50 at factormeals.com slash Eliza50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Well, it's finally happening. The weather is finally getting warmer. So it's time to say goodbye to the jackets and cozy sweaters we've been hibernating in all winter. And it's time to say hello, bonjour, to shorts and t-shirts. And if you've been wanting to update your wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, Quince is for you. I talk about Quince a lot because I really believe in a sustainable capsule wardrobe. And there's no reason you can't have a sustainable, timeless wardrobe for every season. And Quince has got you covered with premium linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable, silk tops, hello. And the best part is all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Dressing well shouldn't break the bank. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Look well. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash Eliza for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Eliza to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Eliza. Okay, anonymous. We're digging into some of these anonymous questions that are a little longer so that we can start answering these more complicated questions. You furrowed your brow like you were trying to explain to me how like a turbine engine works. What you want to do is (laughs) come in under the rudder. Anonymous. Hey, Liza, Emily, and tiny, warm, and fuzzy snow peach. I want your opinion on my recent run-in with COVID, as I know you've answered a lot of questions about sticking up to family, not abiding by the rules, et cetera, but I'm not sure yeah, if It's really easy when like I have this. no family to actually have an issue with. But, okay. 
I'm a flight attendant, and in the UK, we're considered key workers as we work on some of the flights transporting essential PPE around the world, freighter and repatriation flights, as well as having to look after rule-ignoring people who decide to go on holiday in the middle of a pandemic. I recently caught COVID from a flight. Another crew member had it without symptoms and passed it on to the rest of the crew. I was fine and my symptoms were very mild, so I'm very lucky. Unfortunately, though, I passed it on to my immediate family and boyfriend, which I'm really ashamed about. My parents and boyfriend have been great about it, saying seeing each other when I'm a person at risk of having it at any given time was a decision we all made as adults. But my older sister, 30, was very rude to me about it, shaming me for giving it to her and stopped speaking to me. And my boyfriend's nephew, 22, was exactly the same, despite him not having caught it. He described my passing it on to my boyfriend as the shit she pulled and blocked me on social media. Of course he would. Of course. My question is, what do you think about this situation? If someone's technically a key worker and they catch the virus, is it okay to shame and blame? Should I just suck it up and keep saying sorry? I know I'm not on the front line saving lives, but I caught it from work despite taking all precautions and I'm otherwise not going out to restaurants, bars, gatherings, etc. Love you both. I apologize for inconsolably crying when I met you in Vegas last year. P.S. I'm female 26, if that helps. I know you're female because of the way that man spoke to you. First of all, let me just say this. Fuck those people. Your sister's a bitch. And I feel like I say this a lot on podcasts. I'm like, your aunt's a bitch. People are so holier than thou. First of all, I don't know if you have irrefutable evidence that you gave it to them. I also, before they get up on that high horse, were they quarantining the entire time? Because guess what? England just had like a mega resurge of all of that. So were they quarantining or were they popping out to the pub for a pint? Were they going round the lift with others? Were they doing everything in their power to stay safe? You don't know 100% that they got it from you. And the fact that, I mean, if you truthfully were doing everything you could, it's really that other employee's negligence. And this isn't America, so you can't sue and you can't make a big deal. It's England. You just got to, you know, chin up, stiff up a lip, carry on. Uh, Those people are assholes and you probably just need a little bit of time and they'll probably get over it. Um... But they're just they're just being immature and myopic and dense. And everybody went into all of this with their eyes open and they knew what you did for a living when they were around you as well. Blaming you, by the way, this all stems from the phrase typhoid Mary. There's no typhoid Tim. It's always a girl. It's always a woman. Mrs. O'Leary's cow was the one that started the Chicago fire. It's always a woman. Somehow we have no power and yet we're responsible for the majority of the world's woes. So, you know what? Just remember that and and never talk to them again. They'll get over it. Sorry. Yeah. The, the thing is, is that like why, like your sister is 30. So she clearly didn't have to be there. She came over to be with the family for On the holiday. So she was taking the risk. And you did everything. And it's this one employee. And it probably wasn't even his fault. He was asymptomatic. You're probably doing know, the best right. you can. This is a fucking pandemic. There's no rules All right, a bunch of wild raccoons just stormed the Capitol the other day and like everyone's V chill about it. So they're out, they have this righteous indignation and they're outraged because because they finally have a person to be mad at. This is a pandemic, so you can't like target specific people other than like our president who totally failed us on this. Um, And hey, if you're conservative, don't turn off them. I'm not shaming your boyfriend, but he did do a very bad job. Agreed? Okay, moving along. Um, but they have a target for their anger. 
you notice that people, when they can find someone to blame, whether it's the person you're freaking out at, at the help desk or customer service, people need a target. It is just part of being a human and that's what they're doing. They'll apologize to you. And that guy that blocked you, good fucking riddance. Block him back so that when he comes to his fucking senses, he can't apologize and he's got to come to you with his dick in his hand like, I'm sorry, I didn't realize what science was. God, fucking losers. Uh, have you ever read about Typhoid Mary and what a like creep she was? Okay, fine. I'm just saying. No, I just, it's such an interesting story because she really, she truly went just like house to house to house, just like sticking her sick hands and everything because she was asymptomatic. And they told her, the health department is like, you're making so many people sick. And she's like, I don't care. I got to mix puddings with my arms. Like she just was like, just. Remind you of a large contingency in our country. Right. Like, wow, I got to go. I got to go to the movies. I still got to do, yeah. I'm making, do I'm making dinner and I'm making it with no gloves. Anyways, tell your sister. And your boyfriend's nephew that they should start mating and have a horrible family because they're meant for each other. <laughs> Kick it. All right. Love the show and both of you so much. For starters, just want to say I am not a nurse or getting any sort of degree, so I'm breaking the mold. My issue is work-related, though. I work in an office slash customer service type job, and I am a team lead. Think assistant to the regional manager, LOL. Uh-huh. Anyway, one of my coworkers is an attention-seeking hot mess. I am fairly certain she suffers from some form of Munchausen syndrome. I love it. It is exhausting to deal with day in and day out, and her ailments really set a negative tone for the whole office and our customers. Management and HR are scared of her because the last time she was called out on her behavior, she checked herself into a psych ward. Have you ever dealt with an attention-seeking nightmare like this? And if so, how do you shut it down? I always try to be a positive presence at work, hoping I will rub off on her, but she is such a Debbie Downer. I want HR to see how her behavior affects all of us. Thanks for all your sage wisdom. You dole out each episode. Hope to see you live someday. God, that's rough. Because you don't know that it's Munchausen's. And I will say this. So I'm working on something and I've started questioning, am I the annoying girl? I've gone through every, mentally, every vacation I've taken with Noah and every time we've gone to do something, something has gone wrong with me. I am not a sick person. I am not a chronically ill person. I do not have any gastrointestinal issues. I don't have like major allergies, anything like that. There's always fucking something that goes wrong. And it's so upsetting because like everything was wrong before we got to the resort. And then there's always an issue. I took him camping in Lake Arrowhead. And all of a sudden at three in the morning, my ear is ringing because why wouldn't it fucking be? And there is a frustration to something always going wrong and being afraid of how bad you're going to look, you know? And of course, let's pretend that she actually does have these things wrong. I feel bad for her, but I do think there are I don't see it as much in men, but I do see it in women. There are those women who their issues become their personality. The least aggressive version is the person who makes their chosen dietary restrictions your problem. I'm not eating carbs. Like, okay, then fucking don't. Give me your chips. I had one friend that like just, you know, garlic didn't agree with her. But like, then you're the asshole if you made something with garlic. And again, I have a friend, my friend Jill is a vegetarian. And since the day I've met her, anytime we go out to eat, she's like, I'll find something on the menu. Don't worry about it. You know, when you're in pain, you only want to talk about it. But somewhere in her life, she found out she could get attention from talking about her pain. I know somebody who has Crohn's, uh, not Crohn's disease, sorry, lupus. And when she's having a flare up or when it's bad, like she just excuses herself. 
She doesn't freak out. My cousin has cystic fibrosis. Like she deals with it. She doesn't ever talk about it or, hey, I need to leave the room. I have to go do my breathing exercises. <laughs> People that are actually dealing with serious pain and chronic issues tend to just kind of want to do it and manage it with grace. So I guess it really is an HR problem. I mean, personally, I would just, here's what I would do. I would find another coworker who's noticed this. This is a little mean girl, but I don't care because she sounds annoying. And just like have someone that you can give a look to every time that girl makes something. Like make it like a fun, delicious inside joke. It's so much more fun to talk shit like when you're in cahoots with someone. Yeah, but is there okay? So I feel like there's nothing you can really do about bad advice. Whether she is or whether she is or is not sick, but the negativity day in day out. Is there anything that can? I don't. I mean, it's is it like you walk in and you're like, "Good morning, Susan," and she's like, "I'm dying. We're all dying." (laughs) You know, is there a way to maybe there's like a positive reinforcement thing? Like, I can't do dairy. I can't do it. And you bring in cupcakes. You're like, and I didn't bring you one because I know that it gives you diarrhea. I just smile and she's like, whoa. Maybe if she starts to see that she's being left out of stuff, you could also just kind of pay her no mind. Like you could kind of just stop rewarding. I think she's used to getting attention for these things. So maybe just giving less air to that, less, less oxygen to that fire. Um, and just make like kind of treating her like she's like a kid and it's just like white noise. Hmm. Because nobody wants to hear it, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I'm the negative one examples. at the office, so I don't know what to do I would about love that. some examples. Yeah. Okay. Uh, just interacting with her as little as possible. And, you know, remembering that your obligation is still, I'm, I'm guessing, to the other people in your office. So treat her like a whiny child. Like, well, we're all doing this anyway. If you want to participate, great. If not, stay at your desk. Mm. Like maybe there's a way you can start to just categorize her as like a whiny child in your mind. I'm just guessing. I would love some details. I love hearing people talk shit about other people. Report back. Yeah. We only have two people in our office and I'm one of them. The other one's sitting across from me. We don't have a rich office culture. Why it's coffee. Esther says, Dear Eliza, podcast helpers, baby Armin Hot Scotty, and the world's best peacherino. I feel like I'm doing a bad job today. These are all like kind of nebulous, like... Here's some details about people you don't know. You don't have the whole picture. How do I fix it? And I'm just, I'm doing my best. You're doing your best. Yeah. It's been a weird week. <sighs> Kick it. Esther, my daughter is doing her senior high school project on drag, a history of becoming a drag king. She's having trouble coming up with her drag name, and I thought maybe you could suggest a few to help. She has come up with Holden B. Dick, but since she goes to an all-girls Catholic school, this that is, is obviously project? not going to work for oh, the she, project. Okay. Any help would be appreciated. I mean, the thing about drag, drag in and of itself is, so it's a guy and they take a woman's name and then they make it like campy or punny, right? Like Delta Burke from Designing Women. And so she was Delta Work, like work, bitch. So there's a campy punny element. Now this is a woman dressed as a man because it's, it's boy drag, drag king. Drag yeah. king, right. So you're always like making sure I'm saying the right thing. It's drag king. Don't fuck I it went up. to a drag king show once. I don't know that that would be my thing. Drag queens, I think, are elegant and mystical and beautiful. And maybe I just need to go to a good drag king show. But again, fake facial hair really upsets me. Fake eyebrows, <laughs> fake beards. <Boo. laughs> this has nothing to do with your sexuality. This is a chosen hobby and I don't like fake beards. Uh, okay, so I've come up with some... So you want to do, so with drag, it's you're taking a girl name and you're making it something usually very sexual. But since you're doing this for school, 
uh, school project. It can't be sexual. Although I would argue that sexuality and drag are one and the same, but okay. Uh, Isaac Newton. That's not too <laughs> sexual. And that's a guy. I'm taking a guy name. Luke Skywalker. Okay. You could do Channing Tatum, but you could do Tanning Chatham. And she could just be really tan. Because also, I don't know what kind of drag it is. Usually the type of drag has to do with right, the name. what the look is. Yeah. Like, do you look like Gomez Adams? What's the... Right. Um, instead of Mark... So we're trying to think of like quintessentially manly men. You could do Mark Wahlberg, but instead it could be Mark Wahlgirl. <laughs> Mark Wahlberger. Her. Uh, Elliot Stabler from Law & Order. You could be Elliot Stabler. Her. Clit Eastwood. Take that one to your deacon. Uh... Marlon Brando. I'm so sorry because I don't know the type of drag. It's tough. You know, yeah. or you could do a food one. Like there was a one drag queen, I think, named Kimchi. You could do a food one. Mm. Pizza face ghostwriter. Right. Yeah. I mean, and like Bianca Del Rio just got her name from someone else. Remember when I thought her name was a synonym for jizz and it yeah. turned out it had nothing to do with that? I no, still, I mean. I still think she was, I think she was pulling my leg. I think the, the outfit can inspire what your name's going to be. Yeah. Let us know. Kick it. Anonymous, I have a close friend who a year ago broke up with her on-off boyfriend of five years. He was pretty shitty and said some things about her weight that made her feel bad. She wasn't overweight by any means. She's 5'3 and probably about a size 30 in pants. In March, she said how nightly she'd drink a bottle of wine for dinner and then forget to eat. I saw her in June and she dropped to about a size 26. And when I asked her how she lost the weight, eager to learn about any diet tricks and truly think we were close enough she could confide in me, she curtly replied, I went through a breakup. In December, she's now a size zero, maybe close to double zero, and said what? she's dropped about 50 pounds while sporting a new large thigh gap. While I'm so happy she's out of a bad relationship and feeling good about herself, I'm just worried she's losing weight in an unhealthy way, and I'm pretty sure she hasn't become a gym buff. Would it be crossing the line to say something? Disclaimer, I'm not implying that either of those pant sizes are unhealthy. I'm just trying to give a visual of my You're friend's fine. weight loss. Uh, this was... This is in one of my specials, how girls, like, I want to be the kind of thin where, like, we're worried for you. I don't know what her body looks like. And I know that the shorter you are, the heavier you will look. Um, you know, 145 pounds on a five foot nine model is very thin. 145 pounds on a girl's 5'5 five five is, you know, you're fine. Um, I, I would do some real soul searching if I were you because it can come off as you're jealous. And you even said, I'm not saying you are, but I, you even said at the beginning, like, ooh, I saw she was losing weight and I wanted some weight loss tips. It's really tough with women because she might perceive it as you're just jealous and so you're attacking me. And that does happen a lot with women. Like, how did she lose all that weight? Well, if I'm not losing weight, then she obviously has an eating disorder. I, you know, if this is a good friend of yours, like, are you observing things while you're going out to eat? Like, is her apartment, does she look like she stores food weird? Like, I don't really know a ton about eating disorder signs other than like what I, what's constantly shoved down my eyeballs on Instagram. I would just be careful. I would be reticent to ask her about an eating disorder because there are healthy weights and there are no healthy weights. And her body, I mean, if you can drop that much weight and sustain it, like maybe her body did want to be thinner. Maybe he made her eat more in that relationship, you know? Maybe that was a motivation, sadly enough, that she needed. I would just gather more information because I don't think you saying it is going to be what makes her like, you know what? I will gain that weight back. Especially since she, you say she replied to you curtly when you asked about Look, it. She has family. She 
this is not on you. You know, are clumps of her hair falling out? Is she passing out in public? It's kind of not on you. Mm. I, I, this, I don't know you at all. I do think that there is a part of you and this is not because of you. This is because of things I've observed from girls. I think part of you is, oh, if she's losing weight, I don't want her to lose weight and I'm not losing weight. And I think that's just a natural part of being a human. We look at others, we compare ourselves. So I wouldn't say anything unless this is like medically an issue. Hmm. You know, she's passing out or she's like her teeth are falling out because she's bulimic. So, you know, and if it really becomes an issue, maybe ask her mom or her sister or someone close to her, like, hey, have you noticed this? And if you want to do like an intervention or something, that's one thing. But just you saying it, I think will fall on deaf ears and I think she'll just get mad at you. Unfortunately. Yeah, it sounds like you guys aren't in a place where she's going to listen yeah. to you. But also like people's people go through things and their weight fluctuates and they gain a bunch of weight and then they figure out a way to like stabilize, you know? Just because you meet someone when they're a little bit heavier doesn't mean they're meant to be that way. And just because you meet someone when they're real thin doesn't mean they're meant to be that way. So people, she's just kind of figuring out, sounds like a bit of a yo-yo. She's She'll probably even out somewhere. She's figuring out what works for her. Right. And if you guys already like didn't have a conversation about her saying she had a bottle of wine every night, this is probably not the spot to step so in. <laughs> wine has a lot of calories. It's like a lot of sugar. Like you're not going to look great from just drinking wine. So yeah, that's gross. When you ask someone what language they took in school, usually it's like with an eye roll. They're like mm, French. It's like, do you speak French? No, I don't use it. I feel like a lot of us had difficulties learning a language in school. Rosetta Stone is here to change that. It's available on desktop and it can be used as an app on your phone or your tablet. Rosetta Stone are trusted experts for more than 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. Rosetta Stone immerses you in many ways with an intuitive process and you can pick up any language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Plus, with Rosetta Stone's true accent feature, you'll get feedback on how well you're pronouncing words. That's right. You might even fool some locals into thinking you're one of them. It's like having a personal trainer for your accent. I headed to Mexico City for a little vacation, and I used Rosetta Stone to brush up on my Spanish. Just a few things, a few verbs that I knew I had forgotten, and I was better. Mejor. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Ask Eliza Anything listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash Eliza. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash Eliza today. I do think there's something to be said for ordering something of quality and every once in a while getting a nice package in the mail with a product that you're going to own for a long time. Let me tell you about Bolin Branch's signature sheets because they're the perfect way to start upgrading your sleep, your room, the look of your room because they're designed to feel incredible for all sleepers. They are made with the finest 100% organic cotton. These sheets feel buttery soft yet super breathable and they're perfect for warmer summer months ahead. We have a house that we go to in the summer and I got all Bolin Branch sheets for the beds because we're having a lot of guests this year and I want them to feel like they're at a nice bed and breakfast that they didn't have to pay for. Bolin Branch sheets are free from toxins like synthetic pesticides, formaldehyde. I bet you didn't know that was in your sheets. And their signature sheets come in 14 versatile colors and they come in sizes from twin all the way up to California King. And Bolin Branch has a 30-night worry-free guarantee, which means you can wash, style, and sleep in their sheets for an entire month. And if you don't love them for any reason, you can send them right back with free returns on all U.S. orders. Sleep better with the softest, most breathable bedding from Bowl and Branch. Go to bowlandbranch.com slash Eliza for 15% off your first sheet set, plus free shipping. That's Bowl and Branch. 
B-O-L-L-A-N-D branch.com slash Eliza for 15% off. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Anonymous, my partner of three years and I have split up and I've moved back to my parents' place in the country until I sort out what to do with my life. I'm lucky to be teaching online right now and until the summer at least so I can work from here. But this is my chance to take a leap and move somewhere new this summer. Mm. I'd like to stay in Canada. And although there aren't too many big cities for a classical musician to work, I want to restart somewhere that's not Toronto. In your Canadian travels, which of these cities did you love the most? Now I'm going to read you a list. A. <laughs> Vancouver. And she says, yes. or he. A. I a. love Vancouver, love it. but it's a bit too expensive to rent for me, I think. Okay. Victoria. Halifax. Hamilton, Kingston, Montreal. I have lived there, love it. But my last name is Watson and getting freelance work is tough for Anglos. Edmonton, too cold. Hard Calgary, pass. not much classical music scene. No. Thanks but so they much. have a, a rodeo stamp. They have a rodeo theme stampede festival every year. The second you said Calgary, I was like, not going there. Uh, I haven't heard of a lot of those places. I've never heard of Hamilton. I Look, I can't look. You like Vancouver. I like Vancouver, but if you don't want to go there, I really enjoyed Halifax the one time I was there. Mm -hmm. I doubt it's that much different from the country. You know, it's mm -hmm. not like a big built-up city. Also, I don't know how much classical music is there. It would have seemed to me that the kinds of places that appreciate classical music, probably um, Montreal, Toronto. <sighs> you know, you don't want to go Saskatchewan. Uh, and then you don't really probably want to do Winnipeg and Manitoba. I'm just flexing. <laughs> on all the Canadian provinces, and I know. Um, so it's probably going to be on the East Coast. Those tend to enjoy, even on America, like that you know, more classical music. I'm thinking of like Carnegie Mellon in Pittsburgh. Um, that's my answer. Yeah. Or just like a little, a little bit of outside of Vancouver, you know, and that's the answer. I think it's do what you love and your passion will follow. Go somewhere you want to live. Start looking at apartments. Start looking at jobs if, or see what you can Don't do Don't come here. Or. It's on fire. Kick it. Anonymous, do you have any advice on how to dodge uncomfortable questions about when my husband and I are having kids? Most of our family respects our decision to wait, but I was at a birthday party and a family friend asked when I was going to make my big announcement that I was pregnant. I'm not pregnant and have an autoimmune condition that causes stomach distension and bloating at God. the slightest ingestion <gasps> of gluten. Oh, they thought you disease. were pregnant. Oh. Both husband and I's medical diagnoses slash histories play into the fact that we are waiting to procreate. But how do we politely tell people that we are waiting without also disclosing we both have different autoimmune diseases that are genetic and could potentially be passed on? Usually when we just say we are waiting, it's met with, well, you aren't getting any younger. I love your pod and listen every Wednesday morning on my commute. I will add that we're all COVID tested slash mass and we're fortunate enough to have received the first round of the vaccine. Wait, question. Mm. Uh, your family, you're like, I'm with family and they're asking when my big announcement is because my belly's descended. Does your family not know you have, or are these just like people at a party? Uh, a family friend at a birthday party asked that specific question. Look, you're just going to have to get over it. You're asking me, first of all, that already happened. And are you going to that many birthday parties in COVID where it's happening enough? It seems like they're getting a lot of people that are just like, well, what? why aren't you doing it yet? People, I'm just, I've gone through this myself. People really mean well um, and don't really want to hear the answer. Nobody wants to hear. <laughs> When's your big announcement? You're like the one where I tell everyone I had a miscarriage? That one? Uncle Hank! So, uh, Uncle Hank from King of the Hill. Um, it's all about how how comfortable you are with someone being uncomfortable. Mm. You know, you could simply just be like, we're, we're doing everything we can. That's a great answer because you are. 
Mm. You're getting the test. You're waiting, which is what you're, you know, like doing everything we can. And then if they say anything else, be like, do you want to watch? You're always going to have those people who fire off these really insulting questions and they bother you, but then you never have to deal with that person again. I have an uncle who is great and I see him once a year and he's always like very aggressive in a way that my own father isn't about like, are you going to have children? And it's like, that's my vagina. Uncle Hank. Uncle Sid. Like, it, what are you asking me? Right. I don't think people realize that like female, that female reproductive as if there's male reproductive, but that women's reproductive rights are not public information. So it's all about how uncomfortable you're willing to make the person. I honestly would just be like working on it, doing what we can. And if they press you further, be like, what is this, a fucking inquisition? <laughs> you pull up my last pat smear, just, fucking it's weirdo. It's such a... Um- it's such a weird thing in my mind to ask them about because there are so many like potential landmines oh in, in, that, in that questioning. It's so normal to ask that. I find myself, someone's married, I'm like, you know, you want to be like, are you thinking of kids? Because it's a natural thing to ask. Every And it's tough too because every woman has their boundaries, what they're comfortable with. Like Emily, you've seen me naked. I have no problem with it. It's really inappropriate for a work environment, but <laughs> we're in my home. Um, that being said, I've never seen you naked. Would Correct. you like me to see you naked? No, thank you. Okay. See, she's out of boundary. <laughs> uh, some women are super open about stuff. You know, and as a comedian, people expect that I should share everything about everything. And all I can do is just draw my own boundaries. Mm-hmm. So you have to decide how much of it are you willing to up with, willing to put. Mm-hmm. How much of it with are you up willing? Oh, taste the pennies. <laughs> how much of it are you willing to put up with? And I think yeah. just being like working on it or just change the, you know, just change the subject. Usually people are okay. They're like, duck. You give them a little bit of bread, you send them away. Mm. Anonymous. I'm 35-year-old musician and very single. I was living in Oakland 2012 to 2016. Hey, classical Canadian person. That's where you go, Oakland. That person was Oakland. But for the last few years, I've been living in central PA and was living with and taking care of my grandfather until he passed away last March. I was initially opposed to meeting people online, but changed my mind after the lockdown started and things weren't working out with any single women I met in person. I have I had been following women I found inspirational and occasionally sending messages of encouragement. Are you a lesbian? I think it's a man, but really? not looking for a any, boy. anything in response. A boy writing in. Well, well, well. It well. might be a girl. It's somebody. Okay. <laughs> I don't write down their genders. <laughs> Sometimes it helps. Always it helps to know. I, if they tell me, I tell you, but I don't look at their profile and assess their age and I gender. I think you're keeping it from me. I think no. you know. I've been following women I found inspirational, occasionally sending messages of encouragement, but not looking for anything in response. After becoming open to meeting some of these women, I began to notice references to my messages in their public posts. These range from subtle to extreme, but I almost never get a response in my DMs. After one woman whose responses were on the extreme end stopped responding completely, I'm feeling a bit lost on how to interpret this stuff. Currently, two single women are consistently publicly posting overt references to me without directly responding. I find them very attractive, but I'm not even sure if I would want to date them without having a normal conversation, and I just feel more awkward the longer this goes on. Most women seem to think I am hot, but probably wouldn't want to date me. And I wonder if they aren't just basking in the attention I give them. Picture? Although they are also Picture posting. immediately? I don't have one. Although they're also posting about how they are single and want a man. I really value okay. my platonic relationships with men and women. Being single has really stressed those relationships. So I would like to find a girlfriend before too long. Okay. 
Okay. So in my mind, I'm sorry, person, if this is not true, you're sending weird DMs to hot girls on Instagram. Yeah, that's what's happening. And by the way, when you say you're like, I'm not looking for anything back, you are. We all are. Every time you engage in social media, there's a give and a take. And there's an action for, there's a reaction for every action. So- now, when a fan sends me something, they usually aren't respecting or I'm sorry, oh, Jesus, Eliza. When a fan sends me a message, you're usually not expecting a response and it is this effusive thing. However, that's typically a woman uh, writing to me. I don't get a lot of, I, I, and I, I have a lot of male fans, you know, but it is that thing where women tend to not cross the line, but men will say stuff that's like weirdly sexual. And I'm like, this isn't fun for me. Like, oh, I love the way the light hits your perfect lips. I'm like, okay, that's a weird way to compliment my picture of me and the dog, um, but I think you meant well. So what I think I'm hearing is that you're, the problem is you're sending these messages, but we are so used to living in a society where men are typically only hitting on women if they're leaving those messages. Mm. So they're, and it's weird that they're referencing them. So so he says he's sending encouraging messages. So it's like, is a girl posting a picture of her working out? And you're like, yeah, work that right. body. Like I, I would be curious to know because we, I might be taking, I immediately went to worst case scenario, but maybe your messages are super nice. And are they referencing them in their posts? Or like, or they write back in the comments? Like, it seems so much. like what there's, what, the, what this person is saying. And please write her in or let me know if I'm misinterpreting. We're never going to see it, but, but okay. we'll see it. Okay. But it sounds like, the the let's say he messages a woman she doesn't reply to the dm but she posts something on her stories or whatever referencing messages she's gotten that's weird what are you referencing like one guy like like able skeever 15 said good job girly like are you or is it like ugh, guys keep telling me to keep going girl okay. and it's gross <clears throat> if you don't want to get looked at like a creepy bot or a weirdo, because I get a lot of those. Like, hello, miss. I know. I'm just like, has this ever worked on Would someone? you like to talk? I would like to be your friend. And you're get, like, what? And I'm always like, like some this one like Brazilian guy like really wants to show me his dick. <laughs> like, hello, I'd like to dance for you. Hello. Like days. <laughs> and eventually I just blocked it because I was like, okay, right. this has gone beyond like catfishing. And now like What's you're happening? too into this. Yeah. Um, so I would don't send those messages. Because unfortunately, they probably don't come across as uh, well-meaning as you think. I hate to say that. Uh, there are ways to write messages, but if you really, you know, if you want to leave a comment, that's one thing. But a DM, you know, you write to someone like, hey, I just want to let you know, like, you just lost all this weight. I went through that similar journey. Like, having some empathy or sympathy versus, like, looking good. I don't know the content of the message, um, right. But you're also, you're very unlikely to get a girlfriend via DMs of a public figure. If these are like public that's figures. That's the other thing. I don't know who this is. Is this like a trainer that has like 30,000 followers or is this like Mila Kunis? So here's my thing. Don't cast such a wide net. If you see a girl who thinks is pretty and you think you have a shot, send her a normal with a, from the highest light human intention. Hey, my name is Jib. Um, I don't want to sound like a creep. I've been watching your videos. You seem really cool. I just wanted to say hi or something like that. Like send it with the purest of intention. You're not trying to be creepy or surreptitious. You're just like, here's what I like about you. Um, and acknowledge how weird it is and see if she writes back. But I don't know who you are or how high you're reaching. If you're like, yeah, Reese Witherspoon just won't hit me back. And it's, you know, <laughs> so I think you're good as long as you're always coming from the purest place. Mm -hmm. But if you're always reaching out to, you're saying inspirational women. So if you're always reaching out to celebrity women, that's a bit of an issue. 
Right. And I think it is, you know. they're not celebrities and they have like 50,000 followers and she's like a trainer in Vancouver. But yeah, I mean, you're you're reaching out with, as you say, encouraging messages to people you don't know. You know, sometimes that can come across as a little familiar. There's that too. There is that. So, and also if you're doing it a lot, like then you're, you're, I mean, you're really reacting to how attractive they are. Yeah. So they probably sense that as well. So assess your messages. Assess your messages. Maybe run it by a girlfriend to like, you know, scan for any like creep vibes. Um, Mm -hmm. But always from the highest of light. Because I've definitely had guys who you can tell like actually mean well. They're like, I don't want anything back. I'm not hitting. I just want it. It's like, and I feel bad because there are good guys out there who are like, hey, I did just want to participate. Yeah. Um, But you can't blame girls for having their guard up a little bit because Mm -hmm. people like feet and they let you know it 24 hours a day. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay. Anonymous, I'm in need of some dating advice. I'm 27. I've had a few longish boyfriends, but the How last long were they? <laughs> the last two sucked, and I find myself liking a guy. Maybe jumping in bed too quick, and then I kind of go- get ghosted, or they don't seem interested anymore. They definitely say nothing but nice things. I'm trying to be more discerning and trying to take things slower with guys. My question is, when do you feel it's an appropriate time to get it on with a guy, and when is it okay to just have fun? I don't want to just shut down every opportunity for maybe some company, even though it may not go anywhere. I'm active duty, so sometimes all you have is a month or two with a nice boy, if that. And of course, I love the short hair, and I can't express how much I appreciate your support for the military. You oh always say God. the things I wish I could tell boys about how it is to be a girl. I work with a lot of them. Thank you so much. Can't wait to see you in July. I'll be honest. I thought you were saying you're like, I'm in the military. Of course I love the short hair. I'm like, yeah, I'm totally turned on by military guys too. You meant my short hair. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, Look, if you only have a month anyway, then it's, then what are you looking for? Right? Right. You want someone that you can correspond with and you want to know someone's thinking about you. There are men who you will date and you'll, and by the way, I'm sure there are guys that like you've slept with and you weren't interested also. You're not a loser, right? Um, But you're saying, you're thinking, oh, if I make them wait, then they'll grow to like me. Yes, you can always develop a relationship, but it sounds like you're horny Mm -hmm. and you kind of want to have a good time and that's okay. It, you know, it's especially if you only have like a month. Okay, so you could could have been with that person for a month. I'm yeah. saying I am a firm believer. And since we don't really use the word slut anymore in this society, you it's better to be a woman that kind of knows what she likes and what she'll stand for versus like, I slept with one man. His penis was inferior, but I was grateful. So I think it's just all, I think it's great that you're asking this question. And I think, you know, maybe take alcohol out of the equation. Because that, you know, my mom was always like, have a coffee date first. I'm like, snore, that's boring. Uh, I always make guys wait a very long time. I've had like two one-night stands my whole life. I always made them wait like for a very long time. I'd be like, I'll make out with you. That's all we're going to do. Try pumping the brakes a little bit. But I don't, I think if a guy's going to like you, he's going to like you. There are plenty of guys that sleep with a girl. And then the next day they're like, hey, want to get breakfast? So Maybe the your picker is off in terms of you're picking guys that only want to have sex that one night. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're going for a certain type of guy. But I, I really think if a guy likes you, if a guy really likes you, he's going to like you regardless of if you had sex or not the first night. I, I do think that. But maybe slow it down then. Or maybe just don't have sex with him that first time and then see how you feel. But I think you're kind of, I think you're just feeling it out. I think you're in the military. I think you're working really hard. And I think you get tired of like the endless stream of single dudes and you want something stable and that's okay. Maybe try a website. Um, 
try just hanging out with him for a night and then having sex like a week later, have a rule, you know? And girls always do things like, I have a no sex for the first 12 months rule, but then, you know, you break it. Some guys you want to have sex with. Sometimes they're so fucking hot. They're like, I just want to have sex with you and I literally never want to see you again. So don't, you're not as unempowered as you think you are, but I do, I think you want a boyfriend. And I'm here to tell you, the guy that's going to want to be with you is going to want to be with you regardless of if you have sex with him on the second or third date. That's what I think. Mm. Yeah. Go Army. <laughs> Anonymous. I don't know if you're in the Army. Okay. Anonymous, I have a friend I met when we were apartment neighbors nearly two years ago. I'm a 30-year-old guy. She is a little bit younger and lives on her own in the same apartment. Wait, I- can you start over? I was thinking about like all the different types of hot military dudes that there are. Okay. Anonymous, <laughs> I have a friend I met when we were apartment neighbors nearly two years ago. I'm a 30-year-old guy. She is a little bit younger and lives on her own in the same apartment. I moved away to a new city an hour away in 2019 with my dog. I'm very busy with work and just keeping my sanity and chores during the pandemic. My friend has been unemployed for a while, and in the last year, she has been very consistent in trying to hang out every weekend. We hung out for maybe three weekends in a row, and she will insist that we go do things for hours. We've been to malls and hiking or out for non-alcoholic drinks and food. My problem is... That we end up spending eight hours of the day together where she's explaining how she cuts out toxic people from her life and she needs people because she is extroverted. I am certain she's developed feelings for me over the past, but I do not have an interest in dating this person. She hasn't outright said it, but she implies how much easier the pandemic would be if she had a partner. Some personality differences aside, we just don't mesh and I'm tired of coming up with new excuses every weekend when she texts me to consistently hang out. I'm either tired or genuinely busy. I feel sorry for her because I can relate to loneliness, definitely, but I also no. need a lot more alone time and I get physically exhausted hosting people for hours or going to functions with a bunch of people. She claims that she gets her energy from being around people, but there seems to just be mostly anxiety, politics talk, and forced interaction when we're together. I don't want to lead this girl on, but I'm worried she's not being honest with herself right now or understands my time. Up for advice, thanks. Why won't you just date her? Oh my God, what if that sucks. was my- I'm joking. <laughs> What if that was my answer? I was like, she you obviously, like nice she likes you. I think that what you've just written should be in like the boy hall of fame. And women should make pilgrimages to read this sacred text. <laughs> it is the epitome of he's just not into you in the most eloquent, kindest, most diplomatic of ways. There are a couple of things you can do. Because as you were saying that, I was like thinking of if I have friends like that, where I'm like, I just don't want to, not that I see anyone anymore. You can do the LA thing where you don't answer your phone anymore. Sorry, so busy just seeing this. Sorry, I've been slammed. Oh, I'm on set. Um, You can, I don't think you want to lie. You seem like a really good person. You can tell her you started seeing someone. You And that would, that's two birds, one stone. Now, this girl is, here's what she's going to say to all of her friends. She's going to be like, we hung out all the time. Every single weekend for eight hours. Now, you're saying it was just the first three weeks. It sounds like there was just a time where it was three weeks in a row. She'll think you were dating and she'll think that you were leading her on. And you know what? That's her narrative and you didn't. And you know you did the right thing, okay? Mm -hmm. You're unavailable. Sorry, I can't this weekend. And, you know- just don't look at the phone as much. Sorry, I can't. And set those boundaries. Sorry, I can't. Sorry, I'm slammed with work. I'm going to be at work. You know, just keep putting it off. And then it's tough because you don't want to be like, look, I think you've got feelings for me. And it's, she's being a little selfish because she's like, I need all my energy from people. And you clearly are a very easygoing person. So she's, you're not getting as much out of it as she is. You don't need to go into that with her. 
but I would just continue to put her off. I can't, uh, I'm just taking a weekend for myself. You know, I just unavailable this weekend. I can't. And if she pushes you, just don't respond. You don't have to. And what's the worst that's going to happen? She stops writing to you, you know? And if it gets to a point where you feel like she's pushing you, you can just, you can just say like, I need time. I've got so much going on. I really need time for myself. And I can't, I, I get it. You can say to her, you're an extrovert and you get your energy from people. And I don't know if you are this, like I'm an introvert and I do need my time alone. And I do find it exhausting. Plus we're in a fucking pandemic. So I don't want to go to a party. Yeah. Any combination of any of these reasons should be enough. And they're all designed so that if she pushes you on it, you can just be like, gotta go. She'll yeah. get the hint eventually, but you it it will you will be the bad guy here if you don't start setting up those boundaries. If you keep hanging out with her, then yes, you are leading her on. So I would start doing that now. But kudos to you for being succinct and uh, informative and fair in what you're saying. I hate when I tell someone I can't do something and then they ask for more specifics. Like, well, what about at this other time? Well, what about this? Well, when are you going to be done? It's like, ah, yeah. don't make me say it. Good friends get it. I had a friend once who would always ghost. She'd always Irish goodbye. Always. And it was rude. Like in the middle of something, you'd be like, where would you go? And she was like, I think I don't tell you I'm leaving. I don't tell people I'm leaving because like, I don't want to hear it. And I'm like, but I've never given you shit for it. Like we're adults. When you're in your twenties, you're like, oh my God, don't go stay. And you like make people feel bad. I never do that. And I was like, I've never done that to you. So don't put your shit on me. We're not right. friends anymore. Um, so you just be as clear and as honest as possible. And you can start off by just being like, hey, I'm unavailable. Hey, I'm really tired this weekend. I want me time. I want alone time. And you don't have to answer. You can just turn your phone off. Yeah. And you'd be like, I've got a lot of work. Text you tomorrow. You know? Give yourself a chance to miss hanging out with this person. And you can tell her you started seeing someone. Thank God you're not in the same apartment anymore. Oh my God, yes. Tell her you started seeing someone. And I'm telling you two roads, one stone. I already said it. That way, sexually, she'll give it up. And then she probably won't want to hang out with you as friends. Mm. That's, you probably don't want to do that. You don't sound like the kind of person who wants to lie, but. Yeah, and she sounds like someone that would then go to your Instagram, see if you followed anyone yeah. new. Be like, I don't see you following a girl you that's new. You can also, like, restrict her. Oh, I guess she'll know that. Never mind. So you could restrict Don't make thing. it too complicated. Don't make it weird. Just, Just be on and be like, hey, I'm busy. Hey, I'm tired. I don't want to hang out with people. I need my alone time. There's nothing wrong with stating what you want. You're a man. You should be adept at this. You ready for top of the cop? <laughs> Oh boy, am I. It's the top of the cob. You're doing it right. Every day. You just take a bite. Top of the cob. 2021. Hey, tiny dog. A little late to the party here. Um, My bottom of the cob is, so we had these nut jobs storm the Capitol. And what's sad is that a lot of people think that it actually didn't happen, which is horrific. Um, And of course, between when we recorded this and when it comes out, we'll have so much more information. I lost about a thousand followers because I was so outraged at what had happened. And what was scary to me was the amount of people who were like, oh, don't lump all conservatives. I've never said anything about conservatives. I've never said it about Republicans. My stance is this is something horrible that has happened. And the fact that people can't remove their own politics from the atrocity that occurred is what's scary. The fact that people get offended like this is some attack on conservative values or something, you should be even more outraged that your party has been hijacked. Just like peaceful Muslims were livid 
and embarrassed and upset after 9-11 because these attacks were done in the name of Islam and any real Muslim was like, that's not us. Just like Bernie Madoff fucked over all these people and every Jew was like cringing, like this isn't what we do. You should be equally as outraged because you're getting associated with that. I've never, and I continue to not, said, oh, this was conservatives. This is all Republicans. This is a right, far, so far right, hopefully you don't know anyone like this, uh, group of people who got involved with groupthink and did something horrible that if you are conservative or if you do love this country should rattle you to your core because they are attacking fundamental beliefs that hold this country together. So I was kind of sad the amount of people that took offense that I would deign to be outraged at an attack on American soil about American values because these people are not real Americans. And people get upset because, by the way, nothing's happening uh, now that Joe Biden is president. You don't like lose your rights as a white person. (laughs) This idea that like, oh my God, we're gonna nothing's happening. I'm the one paying more taxes. So this thing where you can't, you don't want to condemn these people because you happen to share a skin color and therefore you think you're admitting to having done something wrong. No, stand with normal good people on the right side and and be like, what these people have done is wrong. And I'm sure everyone in there wasn't like Lily Snow White. This is about a group of people who where one guy was wearing a Camp Auschwitz shirt. So I don't know how you can be a fan of mine, but like also be okay with the idea that there could be another Holocaust. Response to that. Someone said, we don't know if maybe he survived Auschwitz. That guy did not, he would be a billion. I know. That's why it's so stupid. So rather than get enraged and feel you're being attacked, remove yourself from these group of people and say, I am a Republican. I am fiscally conservative. And that's not who we are. That's what this should be. I'm embarrassed at the people. I'm embarrassed at the amount of people who take this personally and who can't listen to someone like me who always argues for both sides and who always walks down the middle and how you're offended that I would deign to be appalled at what just happened. So, you know, check your ego. That's it. I don't love it when people are like, hey, white people, you're fucking dumb. That doesn't, you know, you're not going to catch any honey. I'm sorry, you're not going to catch any flies with that. But I never said, hey, all Republicans, hey, all conservatives. I was just saying to the people, this is insane. And it was scary to me, the amount of people who didn't even want to hear it because you'd be okay with another Holocaust if you're okay with that. And you'd be okay with people just having less rights and less access to stuff because you don't have to deal with that. But- I think humankind will probably end up burning because none of us can understand that other people's rights are your rights. And I said what I said. That's my bottom of the cob. Okay, okay. My bottom of the cob is that the panic alarm went off in my car and I could not get it to turn off. And I was scared and confused. And I was on a road outside a dry cleaner and uh, an old couple walked by and they said, have you tried doing this? And I'm like, yes, I've done, I'm doing all things. He said, okay, well, bye, and walked away. And I was like, okay. I said, I'm, go- I'm Googling and it's more just things like, to uh, try. Uh, yes. Oh. And I was like, oh, no. And I finally, I got it figured out, but it was. No, it's not still beeping? <laughs> it was. That sound is just, it, you just shut down. Like, you're just like, oh, what do I, because I pressed all, and I'm like, oh, and then I was like, oh, yeah, none of my buttons work. Like, how do I do it if my buttons don't work? 
guaranteed to make the robber work harder and the actual driver just seize up. I just was so, and I was like, and everybody's like looking at me and I'm like, I'm, tr- I'm trying to fix it. And this is my car. Um, well, it's a shame, Emily. I was really hoping it would be about a movie. Um, uh, my bottom's never about a movie. Oh, sorry. I just did my bottom. Yeah. So I just did my bottom. Oh, got it. Top of the cob. You know what? I think I want to change my top of the cob. Okay. You're was, not locked in. I was going to say a substantial mug, like a nice Thick. earthenware mug. Mm-hmm. My top of the cob is, um, it's like kind of a bottom, but kind of a top because I think I might do something. Uh, we have some children. We have a lot of children in the neighborhood and we have a child who lives across the street. And the other day my doorbell rang. And so I checked the security camera and I see a face kind of like hiding behind this pillar we have in front of our house. But he's in like a floppy hat, like a worker hat, but the person seemed short. And I was like, okay, whatever. Maybe it was like, we have a lot of workers in our neighborhood. Like maybe they needed something or rang the wrong doorbell. So I go outside and I see the kid who lives across from me, um, like hanging out and he's wearing a hat. And I was like, hey, did you ring my doorbell to my face? He's like, no, where's my, where's someone else? And I was like, okay. And I didn't think about it. But now we've caught them a couple other times playing in front of the house and you see them on camera, run up, ring the doorbell and run away. And it doesn't bother me. It's not like it's waking me up in my sleep. It is weird that kids are just like, I'm just going to lie. Well, I think I'm going to find him and tell him the police have gotten involved and your parents are going to go to jail (laughs) if we don't find out, if you don't admit to ringing doorbells because it's a federal crime. (laughs) Oh, that's so My top of the cob is that I've truly graduated to an adult because like I have this kid's number, literally and metaphorically, and I'm going to let him do it a couple more times. And then I'm going to show the parents the footage and be like, when he rings the doorbell, messes up the podcast. <laughs> like this kid's got nowhere to go. I'm going to get him. Ah, oh, it's going to be delicious. Vindication. My top of the cob is also car related in that, and it led to the panic alarm being set off. But I was driving and I heard a sound. You know, when you hear a sound, you can tell it's something to do with the tire because you could hear it like sure, going closer. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. And I'm like, oh my God. So I pulled up in your driveway and I turned my tires and I look at them and I'm like, they look okay. And I turn them the other way and I look at them. I'm like, they look okay. And I back up a little bit to see a different part. And I found the biggest rock that had been wedged between so that basically the rock was, and you could see the dust over the rest of the tire. Yeah. And that's how I found it. The rock was being ground down and I, I pried it out. It hadn't made a hole or anything. It just, and then, and that fixed it. So I didn't have to take my car to the oh, shop. I fixed it. A couple Me. more rotations and you might've had to. I have an, another car bottom of the top and it's horrific. Noah and I drove really far oh. recently and we came home and I walked around the front of his car and there was a bird in the grill of his car. Dead bird, long dead, small bird, hoping it wasn't a hummingbird because that's very special. And I was like, if ever there were a reason to have a husband, it would be for him to scrape off this bird carcass. A bird. Ugh. Horrific. That's so upsetting. It's upsetting. That's our show. Hopefully we answered a lot of your questions. If we answered your question and you we asked for some clarity, please provide. Please provide us closure. Let us know what happened. Talking about that one girl who had a tooth missing. Remember we're, a couple episodes ago, really pretty girl who has a front tooth missing. Found out she's getting a new tooth in four months. 
Hmm. Yeah. For that red hot update. Somebody did ask, like, I want to see the tooth. We're not no, showing you so this you girl. Get off looking tooth. at her root and tooth. Yeah. Uh, please write us a review. Click that you liked it. Give it five stars. Tell your friends about us here at Ask Eliza Anything. And we will be back next week with red hot takes. We have big feelings for Fridays. Is it because Fridays also mean free fries at McDonald's? Free McDonald's fries. It's okay if you need a minute. Free fries Friday. Get free medium fries with any $1 purchase. Valid one time on Fridays through 1231 24. After participating McDonald's, excludes tax, must opt into rewards. If a friend asks how you're doing and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support, anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel.